from the liberal northeast comes a lone voice of truth honest commentary in dishonest times think deeper with juan newsome this is the cure radio program This is The Cure. Hey, thank you for tuning in to The Cure. I'm your host, Juan Newsom. Tonight, I have a very special guest. She is an entrepreneur, real estate guru, political campaign guru. (laughs) (laughs) She has worked on both coasts. Um, she, I originally met her here in New York where she, um, ventured out into real estate and now she is in the great golden state of California. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the show, Miss Tamara Evans. Hey, Tamara, how you doing? Hey, Juan. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> it's so funny. Like I, yeah, it's like, I, I, this is like my brother, like, Hey, what's up, Juan? <laughs> no, I know. I know. We... We've been through it, right? Yes, yes, definitely. And you're doing so well. I just had to get you on, especially um, your expertise as it pertains to uh, this podcast. I wanted to dedicate to like the, to the entrepreneurs. Um, there's a lot of knowledge you have, especially about you know home ownership, um, the real estate markets, um, the opportunity zones. Um, there are things that you know, I feel like my audience would appreciate and things that we could pay forward. Um, so I wanted to bring you on to talk about some of that stuff. First, though, before we get into the, all of that, you you recently worked on some campaigns in California. I wanted to know how that was going. So I was hired last um, year, the beginning of the year, 2019, mm-hmm. uh, as a uh, chief policy advisor for Errol Weber, who yep. is running in the 37th against Karen Bass. And yep. this was my actually my first opportunity to really uh, work out policy and um, uh, see how it would be implemented in a campaign forum. And it worked out really well. Um, Errol was able to uh, get on the ballot and he did make it through primary and he is now running in the general. Um, I'm not. I'm no longer working on the campaign because I had some really other great stuff that I wanted to do for 2020. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a great experience to work with um, Errol and and just like I said, really uh, have more of a confidence about the policies that I'm putting mm-hmm. out and that uh, people are responding to them and it's something that. Um, can be ser- a serious platform uh, for a candidate to run on and mm-hmm. really make a difference. So that was a lot of fun. Now he's a great young candidate too. That's the 37th district. Am I correct? That's 37th Palms um, area. That's the major part, Culver city. Um, and uh, it's Karen Bass's territory. So, you know, she's an incumbent and um, it's, 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 I wouldn't say that it would be the easiest race, mm-hmm. but something has to happen. Uh, we yep. need to have more representation uh, here in California. Well, not only that, even if, you know, and I I pray that Arrow wins, but sure. even if these, guy, these guys, these um, politicians, especially these liberals, they need to be challenged every now and then because, you know, for them, typically it's a straight sale from, from the primary and then they get in the general and if it's a heavily... If it's a district that's drawn or it's heavily in their favor, like, yes. you know, California, it's just the way. OK, we can talk about this. The way that they mm-hmm. change stack the election rules in California is pretty ridiculous because, you know, you have that jungle primary in some of the races. Like, can you explain yes. that process for me? Well, the jungle here. Here's the I, I before that is uh, it, it's the it's the har- ballot harvesting in California. Yep. Um, that's the problem. 
That's how they flipped Orange County. Yes. And um, and there is extensive amounts of voter fraud um, here in California. Wow. Um, and I'm not trying to dodge the jungle question, but I think that it's even more imperative that we talk about bar- ba- uh, ballot harvesting mm-hmm. because we have a lot of individuals, uh, voters here who are simply don't have the knowledge um, yeah. to make a good decision because the information is one sided. And then you have someone who seems official that comes to your door and says, here, let me help you fill out your ballot. And I'm just going to write whatever agenda that I want to write on it. And it has happened. And we saw that is what happened in Orange County. Now, um, there was other issues with uh, people filling out uh, fake petitions where you actually someone asks you, are you registered to vote? Mm-hmm. And um, there were individuals, they they did end up going to jail, but there were individuals at libraries with stacks and stacks and stacks of blank petitions. Wow. And they were filling them out, you know, um, with all of these different names of to 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 um, make it seem like these people were 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 uh, registering to vote. So California had a lot of problems and. um the, the main thing uh, that I wanted to just address without going into, oh, this is corrupt and this is that, voters need to wake up and they have to realize that they cannot just go into the booth or hand over their ballot without really knowing what that D is standing for or that R is standing for and what they have done. What is the track record mm-hmm. of that candidate? And so when you have places like South Central L.A. that that does primarily vote Democrat yep. and the children at the schools that you're paying taxes for and the representation that you're paying for in your taxes, uh, the children can't read. Mm. Uh, seven and eight year olds uh, cannot read. So when we go to the ballot and we 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 don't know what's going on. We're literally on a hamster wheel of failure and Mm. we don't we're not able to get off because we have no idea that we're even on the hamster wheel. And we Mm -hmm. just go in and we say, well, I'm a Democrat and I'm going to vote Democrat and I'm a Republican, I'm going to vote Republican. And you're not looking at the track record of the actual candidate. And that's where uh, there's many facets of where California voters fail on that system. They are not educated on voting and they're not educated on the candidates could california be red do you see a red future well it was red i mean if you want to you know history can absolutely repeat itself Mm -hmm. um and i understand why there's not a whole lot of money coming from gop and and uh, and other uh national organ republican national organizations and it's because um it's a hard it's a hard sale you know to try and flip it however Um, because we're dealing with this silent majority, which I think is absolutely real, um, especially living in California and having these conversations with uh, people and they're kind of, you know, getting really close to you and they're saying, yeah, you know, I used to, used to be a Democrat and now I'm I'm a Republican. And you're like, okay, you know, don't worry, I won't kill you. And yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. I actually like Trump, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And you're like, don't worry, you know, you're not going to explode. It's okay. Absolutely. Uh, You know, and, um, (laughs) And so there's a bunch of us here and there's a lot of support, not only for uh, the president himself, but for the policies that he's getting yep. through. Absolutely. Um, when, you know, we're not, uh, we can, we can actually see what he's doing in action yep. and be, and see a timeline. And I think that uh, people aren't, aren't, aren't that ignorant. They understand. And in California, I think that we can at least get a little bit purplish but yep. a full flip flip red, we'll, we'll really have to see. Um, that will be devastating yeah. to the Dems. I mean, you're talking about 55 um, electoral votes. Now, it's something um, I think the voters, you know, in, in the whole, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking big picture. I think the voters, some voters are getting more sophisticated because of the way that information is being disseminated, like the Internet and so forth um um on both sides you know this not just not just republicans but or conservatives but democrats as well um so i do see there is a you know 
if they're not ideological, and that's the thing, if you're not totally ideological, you don't have to be a, a political independent, but if you're not just driven purely by ideological ideological means and if you sure. you know you kind of think outside of the box and critical think about you know not only policies but just you know critically think about yourself and what you believe in um i think the information age is good you know you can embrace these different technologies you can go out and look at the daily congressional record um you yeah. can go out and you can read and you can sift through the opinions on all of these sites and so forth you know and and, and one one thing that that brought that you know not only the obama election but i look at the trump election i think um you know again i think if the trump election was not only not only did he tap into um what the middle class was feeling you know but i think mm -hmm. the voter got more sophisticated you know i look at um the kentucky race that happened in the midterms you know matt bevin he lost but the attorney general got more voter votes than he did. I think it's because the voter is more educated. So, um, yeah, I believe well, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I agree with you. I think that social media has played um, a, a, a major role in people having access to information. Yeah. Um, and th I mean, it's no it's no figment of our imagination. Trump won. Yep. Yeah. Um, and against he, all odds. Against. <laughs> all odds and so and i think that because we live on the the west and east coast it's like that we are in a bubble you yeah know? we are uh the, the the united states is full of 350 million people 320 330 million mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. and 300 uh and um the the idea that the West Coast and the 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 East Coast pretty much um, run the democratic po politics mm -hmm. um, is is such a disservice because yeah. <laughs> the whole middle of the country has a say. Yeah. And so what's happening on the West Coast and what's happening like in Iowa and and uh, Missouri and, and uh, you know, the, the, the Bible Belt and the uh, Midwest, those, those people are voices in the United States. Yeah. And they rose up because they were realizing that the, 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 the Democrats, and a lot of them were Democrats, that the Democrats weren't, pull, weren't doing what they, what they were supposed to do at all. It, yep. it was a mess. It was a yeah. mess. Republicans, so, too. Yes, exactly. So when we talk about drain the swamp, we're talking about both sides. I, I, yeah. Please, you know, I'm not completely I, I'm not oblivious to what's really happening in Washington on both sides. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, because we get so much influence from the, the, the New York and California that we think for any stretch of the imagination that the ideology is going to really be the front and center of um and it's, i'm talking about this drastic um, um ideology that's kind of growing out of the left and um mm -hmm. and and i and i i actually feel sorry for this group of individuals yeah. and um because they they're gonna when, when trump wins in november which he's going to win um they're going to be disappointed again uh because they're doing the same tactics that they did during hillary's run it's worse. It's it, exactly. They've taken that <laughs> and done it times 10. And then they think it's actually going to work. And yep. this idea that you're going to start burning things, burning the system down and 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 people in the middle states are going to let you do that. That, that the patriots in the middle states are yep. going to let you do that. That yep. is just it's it's just completely. Um, oh, I, it's it's. <laughs> it's wrong <laughs> it's not only, wrong and it's a losing um a losing platform well not only that you know just look at you know we talk about president trump and how so many people that wouldn't otherwise vote republican came along for the ride you know the forgotten man the christian Absolutely. right mm -hmm. the christian the, the christian the constitutional conservatives um, the blue collar middle class people, whether they're white, black or Hispanic, um, you know, the gun owners, you know, yes. in, in Pennsylvania, you had over 100,000 people 
that left the Democratic Party in the primary in 2016 switched to Republican just to pull Trump across the finish line in the primary. So the forgotten man had finally had a voice after like 20 years. And you talk, you talking about bad trade deals from both sides of the aisle, whether they're Republican or Democrat, you're talking about private equity firms, um, you know, whether it's, you know, Mitt Romney and Bain Capital or Paul Singer going into, going into these towns and hollowing out the middle class. So it's a, it's a, it's, you know, the middle class and the people in the middle, um, as you would say, the middle states, they finally found a champion in this president. Yes. Somebody that's going to go there, implement the policies that they've been, <laughs> that they've been hearing about for 20 years, basically. Yeah. And, and also uh, Trump is demonstrating that it can get done. Yep. Uh, all of this nonsense that it can't be done, that we are, we can't, you know, we can never have bring our fa- manufacturing back. That was, that was all nonsense. And yep. And people voted for, you know, they felt that they had no other option uh, mm-hmm. when when Obama was running on that on that actually as a as a platform, as a, yeah. as a political platform. And people were like, well, I guess, you know, it's just never going to happen. And it was just this defeatist uh, a, a group of voters that we were that were just like, you know, I, I didn't vote for him personally, but I know a lot of people that just felt it didn't, they didn't really have a choice. But with Trump. Um, I know people were a little bit nervous in the beginning because he wasn't a politician and it was, you know, and, you know, he's so robust and it's like, oh, my God, you know, what are we what are we getting ourselves into? Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike me, who was I very I was confident that that man was going to win. <laughs> I was like, I knew yep. if he if he ran, he was going to win because I he has a record uh, yep. for for really building things. And so um, I think at the end, um, you know, of the end of his his term and his legacy, it's it's going to play out really well. Yeah, and, it is. and people really um, they did the right thing by taking that chance in 2016 and saying, you know, what, we're just going to go with it. And that's pretty much what America is about. We take chances here. We take risk here. Yeah. And um, it, he we needed kinda, a risk taker. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we needed a leader. Yeah. And who cares if he doesn't say things right? Is he getting it done? Yeah. That's what it's exactly. about. And, exactly. um, and hopefully uh, we'll start to see a wave of this mindset um, take over because, you know, the the other side is just it, 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 it doesn't make any sense anymore. It just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, look what he's done. Look at criminal justice reform. Oh, my goodness. Look at moving yeah. moving the embassy to Jerusalem. How in the yes. hell long have they been promising that? Yes. Look at, you know, all-time low, black, Hispanic, women's unemployment, 61-year low. Look yeah. at the opportunity zones in, in, in the black neighborhoods, in the Latino neighborhoods. Look yes. at... Look at the fact that HBCU now has been made a priority in terms of funding. I mean, you look at all of these accomplishments, man. I mean, this guy has done more in three in four years than Joe Biden and the rest of those Democrats have done in 40 years. I mean, this guy is just he's a straight shooter. He's got he's gotten it done. And I and and, and I have a rule when it comes to and I. I'm bad at predicting elections, but typically, mm-hmm. typically when a politician goes in and does what he says he's going to do, he's going to be rewarded with another term. Well, and, and the, the economy, I mean, even oh, with the, with the whole China virus and, and us getting attacked with that, um, he was still able to, yep. you know, see us through that. And those numbers never really dropped yeah, uh, yeah. They 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 took a slope. But of course, we we saw the V, but it was a V, and it came yeah. back up. And yeah. so he demonstrates his 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 control over the uh, over economics, his 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 abilities um, to improve econo- um, the the country economically. And so with that on its own, on its face, mm-hmm. is a reason for a second term. That has yeah. usually been been the course of American politics. But I, I do believe that there's going to be a lot of interesting things happening up until election and probably on election day and a little bit after. Yeah. Um, and uh, we can talk about that. But I yeah, there's yeah. Get ready. Yeah. But but I still I still strongly believe that he he'll win. 
Um, no I, I think what. so too. I think um, COVID. It, had he not lowered taxes, right, and had he not had been on the path that he put us on in terms of deregulations um, of the private sector, I yeah. think COVID would have been much, much worse um, economically because you saw the numbers. You saw un- high unemployment because of furloughs and temporary layoffs and so forth. But you also saw job gains after the COVID numbers started to stabilize. So, you know, if he didn't put that in place, if he didn't make the economy a priority, and if he didn't act fast on COVID. And and know how to pivot. I mean, he acted really fast on COVID in terms of the response and, you know, keeping, you know, keeping people from coming into the country yeah. and so forth. Like, if he didn't do those things, we'd still be in a mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so I'm going to pivot yeah. to, um, I know, I know you're working on a lot of interesting things there. And sure. I wanted to get your take on, because um, we, we, we touched on it during our, our conversation with Trump just now. Opportunity zones for entrepreneurs. So I just want to get your take on the opportunity zones and, you know, what as an entrepreneur or as a a potential entrepreneur, how can I take advantage of um, these policies that are being rolled out? Well, let's talk about first, I'll I'll explain to you what opportunity zones are Mm -hmm. and um, why they are uh, such a unique, um, uh, how can I put this? Uh, they're, they're a unique way of building up the community that I don't think that we've seen before. And uh, what I mean by that is opportunity zones are basically a gateway to community wealth. And when, um, when the, at the end of the Obama administration, uh, the Jobs Act, uh, yep. was, um, you know, about the jobs act. It's, it's basically, yep. uh, uh, it, it, accredited and unaccredited investors can pull their money together, which before there was a whole bunch of red tape as to why they couldn't do that. And then through the jobs act, you have the opportunity zones. So opportunity zones basically are a way for investors to pull their money. People who have capital gains, yep. they can put it into what's called a QOF. And they can purchase these opportunity zones that have been designated by the federal government, and they get a, a major tax incentive um, for doing so. Okay. So what I wanted to do and what my arm of doing um, or being involved in opportunity zones is I went into the communities and realized that they didn't even know what opportunity zones were. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was really excited about them because I'm like, Finally, you know, we have private sector coming in and we have federal uh, federal funds that are affiliated with this. And then we have the tax incentives. And then, you know, Trump just I think it was like seven hundred and something billion that was that was uh, provided for Opportunity Zone. So there's a there's plenty of money to be used um, in these communities. And then I would go to South Central and places like that. And it's like dry, nothing, no, nothing's going on, nothing's happening. And so I realized that. Again, when you're dealing with individuals who have been taken advantage of for so long mm-hmm. and there is a um, lack of just normal educational curriculum like, yep. you know, reading, writing, math, and they've been at least two decades with failing schools, how can we possibly uh, expect them to understand a complex policy, even if it's good for them? Yeah, And so I wanted to create a program that offered the education in the community and actually sat down in, in public meetings and talked about, just talked about what it means when an investor says, I see potential here and I'm going to put my money here, what that means to them as a community. And um, this, for me, because I studied a suburbanization, which we talked about the Hulk and FHA policies that were a major failure because uh, Hulk was allowed to design, uh, allow their appraisers to design these, these maps that, that basically redlined. And, and so, you know, there, this neighborhood was bad and that yep. neighborhood was good. 
And that kind of never went away. We, they, they made it illegal, but it never kind of went away. And so the mindset um, that, I, that I also found besides the educational part was that investors were reluctant to go into these neighborhoods, but these neighborhoods have great potential. And so um, through other projects done in Texas, Arizona, um, uh, more investors and developers are starting to see that Opportunity Zones are a wonderful way to give back um, uh, uh, and, and provide that uh, sense of uh, um, wealth opportunity within the community, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that's what, um, what I've designed. I've designed the um, educational aspect and then um, I'm working with uh, two uh, low-income housing developers um, so that we can come up with uh, more of an ecosystem. When, when, we, when we talk about um, how communities build wealth, there is an eco- ecosystem that needs to be in place. Mm-hmm. And so um, how are we dealing with children, uh, the school-age kids? How are we dealing with parents who have young children that need daycare? Um, mm-hmm. uh, after school programs have all been been stripped out of these areas. So wow. where are these young boys and girls going after school when their parents don't get home until six o'clock at night? Yeah. Um, and so we're not thinking about that. So that is part of a, a wealth ecosystem in, in any community. Um, children need to be safe. Uh, they need to be uh, get the the proper help when they're when they're struggling in school. Yeah. And we're Americans. This isn't some place off in Syria. You know, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. doesn't have the 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 uh, programming and setup that the United States has the infrastructure. And so it is absolutely ridiculous that any child in America can't read. That mm. is absolutely disgusting. Wow. And so um, so I want to um, really get involved in the community, get down on the street and start talking with community members about what they need and then try and work with the proper organizations to get these programs implemented fast. And there's no reason why it can't go fast mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and really, and really see some results, um, you know, within the next, uh, one or two years. Now you talked about, now you touched on something that was really important. You talk about how, you know, you can provide literacy for people who would normally, you know, normally wouldn't be trusting of the opportunity or be, right. or be able to take advantage of. How is in terms of? Because I know with with African Americans, I know a lot of us are weary of banks too. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a major one because you know, I mean, my wife's in banking, and you know, I worked for an investment bank for a few years, so mm-hmm. you know, I learned a lot of things there. You know, I learned about trusts, um, estates, um, and all different types of financial products. And mm-hmm. you know, I find it in our communities. You know, there's just so many things that you know, we could take advantage of and, you know, increase, you know, increase our wealth and our network. Um, How is that ecosystem that you're building? um, Is banking a part of that ecosystem? Well, well, first and foremost is we need to be be able to build trust in the community. And Mm -hmm. first thing is teaching them what investment is and Mm -hmm. how they benefit from it. And then we get into, um, even something as simple as savings account yep. and why it's important to put l- a little bit of money away. Um, those are all uh, uh, um, necessary for people to grasp and, and get a, uh, grab a hold of and then start putting it into practice. And mm-hmm. that's, again, that's practice. It's going to take some time. Now, you asked me about banks. So mm-hmm. there's Chase banks and there's all kinds of banks in these areas. But... Um, the people in the, within the community aren't necessarily their uh, primary customers for loans and things of that nature. Yep. And there's reasons there's, you know, you need to have a certain amount of credit and, and certain amount of collateral, which a lot of these individuals don't have. But believe it or not, there's a lot of homeowners in in these areas that have owned their properties for a very long time. And so in that respect, um, there are there is aspects of the Opportunity Zone platform that offers revitalization to these individuals. And so that would be a segue that we would use is working with uh, established homeowners in the area, finding out 
what what they would need to get their properties um uh you know if it's lawn service if it's painting it's if it's plumbing what do they need to get their properties together and then what's missing in their financial file um that would that we would be able to uh, improve so that they would look good to a bank so mm. so it, it's it's a step by step process, but we start at the ground level first and start talking about and getting people's palette ready for investment. And I th- and I and I have to share with you that a lot of uh, feedback that I got from uh, people of color and 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 other minority groups was that um, uh, you know uh, investors were just white guys that were coming in trying to uh, gentrify, and, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. not the case. And that's what they're used to. That's what they're used to and that has been the case that has been Mm -hmm. the case in several you know (laughs) Lamert Park (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that was you know that was that was first white then it was black and now it's going back to being um not black so um, Harlem Harlem oh oh, we're gonna talk about Harlem brother oh my goodness but um (laughs) oh they did a number on Harlem so much but uh, but yes, and there is there is a reason uh, for them to be to fear, uh, you know, people just bulldozing and just coming in. But mm-hmm. the thing with opportunity zones is um, it, the, the structure is set up a little bit different. And it also depends on the developer. Some developers really just want to see a project through and work with the community. And so those are the people that you want to introduce to the community so that you can see, they can see for themselves that, um, and a conversation can be had, a dialogue can be had with these gentlemen or, or some in cases are, are women, develop, female developers, but they can have this conversation. That's the first step is developing a relationship, building trust, if they have questions, we can sit there till the cows come home and answer them so that these uh, these uh, these opportunities on uh, projects can continue to grow mm-hmm. and uh, people can really uh, start to see. And, and mostly it will be for their posterity. So it will be for your their future. Mm-hmm. See that these programs really do uh, benefit and can create wealth. When I go to South Central, um, I don't see, I see a colorful suburb. I see a minority suburb. And yeah. we've been so brainwashed to think within that's from the Hulk policy back in the redlining uh, era that um, we, we can't see beyond, um, you know, what we, what we think is the ghetto. And so number one, it takes a person with vision that doesn't, I don't see the ghetto when I go yeah. to South central, yeah. I see people working hard paying taxes that paid into these opportunity zones and yeah. they deserve to be able to reap the benefit because they're Americans and they're taxpayers. And even for people who are there, you know, I, 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 I understand that there's issues with uh, people who come here from other countries and their children are, 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 are Americans and they are not. Listen, it doesn't matter if their child is a, is a citizen, then they need to reap the benefits as a citizen. Yeah. And if the parents happen to, you know, a benefit, then that's just the name of the game. And we have to work on our immigration policy. But yeah. we are not in the we, we my foundation is not interested in, in excluding anybody. We're interested in building community wealth that includes everyone that lives there and improving these people's way of life. Yep. Yep. I. It's been my experience, Tamara, and it's and I'm glad you have this approach because um, there's a tendency to think that certain minorities will always vote a certain way. People really start critically thinking about their voting once they move into the upper tiers of the middle class. Like, because you're paying more taxes, you're feeling a crunch. You're paying a lot more taxes. You're paying, you know, you you probably own a home. You're paying more income taxes. Um, You know, your kids are in school. And so you're involved with that. And if they don't go to good schools, you you likely have them in a private school or something. And so people that are moving up the tiers, yes. they are, whether, whether it's blue or red, they are really critically thinking about voting because policies are really directly affecting their pockets. Um, if you're in, if you're in the, the top 
two percent of 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 the income bracket, you know, you have resources at your disposal. You have lawyers. You have tax attorneys. Absolutely. You know, you have you you can avoid a lot of things just by you know being the person that you are. But when you're in the middle class and you're feeling a crunch, you have that five hundred thousand dollar mortgage, and you know you have that twenty thousand dollar tuition payment for your kid. You know, and you're trying to you're trying to save for your retirement. You know, I, I believe I, I'm glad you have an organization like that, you know, that are helping that are helping those out there take advantage well, and, of this. And to change this trajectory of uh, 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 that, because obviously anytime you own uh, an asset like a house or something mm-hmm. of that magnitude, you need to know what you're doing when you're getting into that. But that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And um, and you actually are much you have much more stability when you do have home ownership. And I think I mean, uh, you 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 touched on a few points, but um, uh, it's it's uh, uh, voting is a very, very delicate situation. Mm -hmm. But I would uh, say to your listeners who um, have been voting a certain way is um, to just check out the timeline. And I'm going to give you what I think we talked about this uh, uh, the last time that we did speak. Um, Timelines are important because they tell a story. Mm -hmm. And we have not, as as Black voters, been given the the true uh, timeline of our uh, voting history and, and, and where that deviated and how it deviated. And I would... I would I would really um, ask that people that are interested read Mike Royko's book uh, Boss about mm-hmm. Richard Daly. Um, mm-hmm. Richard Daly uh, was in office for 32 years. He was a, a, a mayor of Chicago. Yeah. But what's interesting about his story is I read um, that book. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. Okay. <laughs> So um, you and I are going to be able to talk about the Hamburgs and when he what happened when um, now, mind you, let's let's even go back further, which which the book doesn't say, but I'm going to say it and people can do their research if they want to. By 1919, after World War One. Um, and mind you, uh, slavery had was not far away of, of the the war had been won and and people uh, people were emancipated by 1865. So it's it's almost this 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 uh, it's just a nonsensical thought to think for any stretch of the imagination that black people that were just getting finished with uh, fighting the the South that were Democrats that all of a sudden they just became Democrats in the beginning of the 20th century, that they just completely forgot about the fact that um, they had just fought a war, that most of these people that fought in those wars were their an- their close ancestors. Yeah. Um, they were very proud and they were out and, and, and no doubt that they were, they were, they were um, out of this slavery. There were still some issues going on with, we'll talk about, but, but they were Republicans. <laughs> Yeah, they were. Black yeah. people were Republicans yeah. up until the beginning of the 20th century. Yes, we were. And part of that uh, deviation was what my uh, what uh, Royko, he wasn't saying it, but if you read it, and that's why I want people to read it for themselves. When, when immigrants, uh, Irish immigrants came here, they were not able to get jobs because they didn't have any paperwork. They were not citizens. Yep. Um, and so they were very right. in very close proximity to other black um, areas. They, uh, the, the Irish and the Italians and the Jews lived in their separate areas and the blacks lived on the other side of what would be called, I think, the, the tracks um, uh, as, it, as it refers to in the book. That's and exactly um, right. the because the blacks at that time were voting Republican and the Irishmen could not get jobs and they were they were mad that they couldn't vote. They created what they called one of the groups was called the Hamburgs yeah. and they would go and they would violently force black people to change their vote at the ballot. Wow. And why? <laughs> they well, it was to allow the um, Irish immigrants to be able to get in on the jobs that the actual uh, uh, leaders 
yeah. were providing, that they actually had promised the blacks if they voted Democrat, if they changed their vote to Democrat. But they were also beating these people. So they were under duress to change their vote. OK, this went on for years and years, for decades, this went on. Yep. And so to um, I, and I hear a lot of uh, pundits and well, I shouldn't say pundits because I really enjoy uh, adore these people. But people say that blacks just need to pull themselves by their bootstraps and, uh, you know, they, they need to stop acting like they're victims. Well, mm-hmm. my goodness, if we look at the meaning of victim, mm-hmm. one of the synonymous words is object. Yeah. Yeah. And if blacks have not been a shiny object for Democrats for decades. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what, what what we don't have to say victim. Let's not use that word if you don't like that word. But my goodness, they've been an object. Yeah, definitely. And and there's a timeline. So then after Mayor Daley from the 40s, because they, they were they had already been they were already forced into voting, um, voting for Democrat, uh, Democrat uh, uh, candidates and weren't getting anything. They weren't. And in Mike Royko's book, Daly is quoted as saying that they would purposely have blacks come up to interview knowing that they weren't going to weren't going to ever put them in office because or or any type of uh, of of, uh, working environment because they were racist. They didn't want they didn't want black people working working up there. Those jobs (laughs) were for the the Irish immigrants that they promised it to. It was cronyism and nepotism at, at, at its worst. Mm-hmm. And um, and blacks have been victimized. And then you have L.B. Johnson, which I have no idea mm-hmm. how yep. people, black people can recognize him as a hero for black people. Yep. Exactly. Read the Civil Rights Act. Read all the way down to the bottom and see how much power was given to the labor unions. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The so labor unions. I mean, yep. Yeah, so the labor unions, and we can go on and on, and maybe we can have another segment about it because it's yeah, it's no, a no, lot. But, it's but a I, lot. I, it's I, just, I, want, I, I mean, to, you touched on something really yeah, good there. Yeah, I just want to say this last thing. I want people of color to understand that um, when you when you come in contact with a person who's been enlightened and and has is decided to vote Republican, um, it's not because we're we're sambos or that we are. Um, you know, Uncle Tom, stop saying that about us mm-hmm. because we recognize that you who continue to vote on this hamster wheel are not getting what you deserve. And you need to start looking at timelines and seeing where things make sense. This is easy stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And then really, when you when you talk to a person who has who has who has this, who has is voting Republican, listen to what they're saying, because this may be an opportunity for you to come out of the quagmire, because that's mm-hmm. what they're in right mm-hmm. now. And, yeah. and some are seeing it and some aren't. And and I'm telling you, there is a way out and there's a, a, a different way to look at politics and there's a different way to vote that yep. can really uh, take you in a, in a better trajectory. And I that's all I'll say on that right now. <laughs> yeah. well, that. well, you know, LBJ quoted, you know, that he would have yes. us vote in you know, Democrat for 200 years. And, you know. Well, it, it, yes, he did say that 100%. He said he would have it voting for 200 years. He, he took the fathers out of the house, which was a huge travesty to the black family. Mm-hmm. We were, a, we, the black family was a unit up until the 50s. It was, it was a yep. unit. The fathers yep. were in the house. They took care of the, the, the family. They went to work. Uh, maybe the wife had to work too, but they that was a two parent household that yeah. was necessary. I and didn't understand. Well, I didn't understand how important it the. I didn't understand how bad LBJ's policies were oh. until I read the Monaghan report. That's um, another. Yeah, that's another great report to read if you really want to open your eyes. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, so it's the Negro Family: The Case for National Action um, yeah. by Day, and he was a Democrat. Um, Daniel Patrick Monahan was a Democrat and he recognized early on that those policies did not work and how they were negatively affecting the nuclear family in the black household. Right. Well, and then another thing I want to talk about, too, and I hope that we can segue into this, is this this uh, this misnomer of systemic. 
that keeps going around. A oh yeah, go ahead. Racism, sy- systemic, systemic. What is systemic? Mm-hmm. And um, when we look at systemic, you can you can the, the, synonymous to organization. Um, uh, it could even be a platform of some sort. And I'm hearing the argument that you know the United States needs to be burned down to the ground because its very establishment is racist. Well. It's a misnomer to say that something that is systemic, that you're saying is racist, is the same system that is used to mitigate and provide a remedy to discrimination, racial discrimination specifically. You can't say that the system is is racist and then use the same system to get out of racism. Mm. What people need to realize is race is a world problem. Mm-hmm. It, it is really no is different from disliking someone for the color of their skin or disliking them for the type of shoes that they wear. Or you what cannot, class they're in. Yes, you cannot control what someone thinks or feels about you. And unfortunately, we have um, coddled this mindset mm-hmm. that if someone doesn't like who I am, then they're wrong. And what we need to start teaching people is if someone doesn't like what you do or how you are or the color of your skin, it's none of your business. Move on. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to be able to stop that person from being that way. Maybe easier said than done. That's fine. But here's one thing for sure that's been happening. You know that there's a timeline uh, of racism directly correlated with the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. There was no switch. There was no mm-hmm. switch. You can't get a professor on this planet to say that there was a switch yep. talking about the Dixiecrat bull yep. crap. Okay. Yep. There was no switching. They changed the face and the tactics and brought some Negroes on board and said, listen, you know, you handle them and we'll do what we're doing. But the same outcome has been uh, consistent for black people yeah. not going anywhere yeah and a lot of those civil rights leaders a lot of those formal notice a lot of those former civil rights leaders are prominent democrats today they sold they sold they sold, sold us out out we were sold out and uh you know i don't i don't i really don't like conspiracy theories but there was there i will say this that there was a reason that they took MLK and uh, Mike Malcolm X out. Oh because yeah, their dream for the black family and black Americans was basically what we're getting to right now with Opportunity Zones. If you read yeah. through the Opportunity Zone uh, synopsis yeah. uh, and the logic behind it, it it almost it mirrors JFK, uh, 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 a little bit of JFK, but mostly uh, MLK and uh, Malcolm X. Uh, it does for blacks. And it so, does. so anyway, we're, we're getting there. Um, we, we need to change this, the, the trajectory of our young black men and yeah. women um, to start really starting to have more respect for themselves and really start to put on that layer of strength that we know that they have and, and stop thinking that everyone's out to get you mm-hmm. uh, and, and start looking at the actual people who have stagnated your growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a part of that is, and this, and, and this is just for me. You know, we have, we have. This is my opinion. We have to go back to the basic food groups. Uh, sure. Of course, there's finance and economic empowerment, but just the family. You know, and yes. you know, we used to be in church. You know, back in those days, sure. uh, a lot. Uh, you know, we talk about that that Republican era where blacks were Republicans. A lot of it was because of the stability of the household and the fact that we were in the church. Um, yes. And we have to get those basic food groups back in order to um, improve the condition of the black family, sure uh, I believe. So, man, this is good stuff. This is really yeah. good stuff. This is good stuff. I yes. love it. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So the, so what's next? Um, well, um, the, the implementation, the implementation process, um, I mm -hmm. should say, uh, is underway. 
uh, we've started the uh, development of the foundation, which is a bit of a process, uh, getting mm -hmm. the 501c because we want to be able to uh, uh, raise funds, private funds for a lot of these programs to mm -hmm. ensure that they kind of stay intact and that they really have um, the desire of the community uh, locked in. Of course, we don't mind uh, to have a government program. Mm -hmm. But the more that we rely on government programs, the higher taxes can go and government yeah, programs exactly. really don't have that stability uh, that um, that private sectors uh, usually have. So mm -hmm. um, and that's the next phase and working with uh, different organizations, uh, some government, some private yeah. um, to just uh, start putting it out into the community. I intend to. Uh, start a robust marketing campaign uh, in December mm -hmm. um, or even if, if it works for December, because December is a short month just because of all just the COVID and everything else. So everything yep. is really playing it by ear right now. Yep. But um, a worst case scenario, we get started January 2021 uh, with a robust uh, campaign, uh, just kind of uh, um, placing positivity in the community, uh, getting them uh, educated on what opportunity zones are, and then just really getting their ideas of what will be the best um, implementation of uh, what, what what the best opportunity zones will be uh, mm -hmm. for their community, whether it be after school programs, daycare, uh, you know, jobs implementation. We're really yep. going to get we're really going to be talking with the community uh, face to face. Are there other organizations like yours in other areas? Because this thing needs to spread. What you're doing needs to spread like wildfire. Yes. Because um, so Promise LA Zones is a is a really good program out here, and what we need to understand too about uh, each uh, each state is going to have its own um, own t uh, programs tied to the Opportunity Zones because the Opportunity Zones is a federal federally funded program. So it's not really a program; it's actually a tax initiative. But just for the sake of this conversation, uh, the federal government is in control of opportunity zones and, their, and that funding. And then each state has its own ways of implementing. Uh, so for me, um, I'm, there is no active uh, support in South Central LA. So what I would tell people that if they wanna get involved or that they, they know of an organization that would be good, uh, simply reach out to them and tell mm -hmm. them that this look I'm, I'm in this neighborhood and it's it things aren't working the way that we would like to see them work and and how can you help and you'd be surprised of how many mm. uh organizations are out there uh fuse is another great organization they do a lot of work in san bernardino here in california mm -hmm. um but they also do great um implementation of low-income housing um, uh, school programs. Uh, I think there's even a tutoring program, if I'm not, uh, not oh, mistaken. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. And then 826LA is also another uh, great resource for um, helping kids for after school programs too and tutoring. So, yeah, we intend to work with all organizations that are willing to see the vision and willing to change the trajectory of people in South LA. Now, one of the things that I worry about because you're talking about California. And California has some crazy policies. <laughs> I worry about this opportunity zone yeah. not being maximized at its full potential because, yeah. you know, sometimes some of the things that are coming out of the state, <laughs> the state yeah. legislature and the governor's house, you know, it's it's very unreasonable. I know this could get us going on a different trajectory. Do you worry okay. about those barriers? Um, I do, and. One of the reasons why I, you know, really wanted to um, take poli sci and, and actually get a degree in political science was to be able to maneuver that and mm. um, and and deal with with the realities on the ground. Um, I, I can't say much about that because uh, some some things are starting to break down. Okay. Uh, it's it's not sustainable for a local government to continue in dereliction. It's it, it's not going to be forever, and people even even with uh, not a great education recognize that they are not getting the support that they need, and so I, a, a, as an American, um, as a voter, know the strength of my voice and my vo vote, 
And so what I intend to do is go where the power is, and that is the voters. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 share with them what's happening, um, the good and the bad, and allowing them to really raise their voice, which is whose money we're using. We need to stop this mindset that govern government funds. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That 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 is that is a that exactly. is an absolute lie. It is it's our money. money. <laughs> yep, That's exactly. That's my money. And so when you start to uh, share with people and, and and help them build that connection to w- whose money it is, their mind their their mindset is going to change, and mm. their attitude is going to change, and they're going to be more involved in their money and where it goes. Mm-hmm. And especially federal funds. Yep. Federal funds are specific taxpayers, citizens of the United States paying taxes. Exactly. And and this and this mindset that the government is in somehow that it's there, it's the government's money. That is that is insanity. That they don't make stop. nothing. <laughs> they don't do it. Yes. Yeah, well, and this is the whole kind of and, and I, I this. You know, I'm sure that people would argue against this, but I think that that's the whole uh, socialist movement of let the government do it. Let the government we we're better at handling it. And that's been a lie. They're not better at handling things. They're not more efficient. It's not more effective. Maybe some programs are. But on the on the whole, on the military, yeah, that is including military because, you know, I'm a big time patriot and uh, two way supporter. But I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about federal funds that are obviously not working, that are yeah. clearly not working. And then people just assuming that it, that's just the way it has to be. So number one, to answer your question, is to get to the community, uh, recognize, uh, help voters recognize their power, um, help them see what's happening. And, um, and then and instead of leaving a vacuum, we fill it with new good information about um, how to build up their community. Yes. Yes. This is awesome. This is (laughs) awesome. So how can my listeners or anyone else find your project and volunteer and donate and so forth? Could you, is there, is there anywhere they could reach you or internet site or just Um, I, you can go to www.ozoneability, that's one word, ozoneability.com, and there's information about the wealth gap. Um, really, it's a site about information, and uh, as we start to build the foundation, it will change into the actual foundation website. But it is a place to start to get uh, good information about Opportunity Zones. Um, and there should be some links on there, like uh, to IRS, just to see that there is uh, what, what the correlation is to the IRS and the Opportunity Zones and how they play mm-hmm. a role. Um, and then any time someone has a question about um, Opportunity Zones, there's a message center on OpportunityZone.com and, uh, excuse me, on OzoneAbility.com. And mm-hmm. someone will return uh, any any questions that you may have um, with answers if we have them, or we will direct you in the right way um, to find those answers. So you're working closely, just to clarify, you're working closely with HUD and the SBA. Well, well, the SBA will come into will come into play when we are putting in our um, our economic program. So, yes, at some point they will play a role because people will need to utilize them to be able to finance uh, their business projects. Um, So that's all in the works. Um, And yes, we we are working with HUD because um, I truly believe that Ben Carson has a great vision uh, for uh, low income housing and how how it should actually, um, you know, how it how you uh, can build a proper system that makes it so it actually benefits the community and allows the person to not just want to stay there for 20 and 30 years, yep. but wants to be able to lift themselves up in that circumstance uh, and, and start to build themselves so that they can maybe own a house. 
Yeah. There's no reason why that can't happen, especially when you've been offered low income housing. That's your opportunity to be able to save and really be able to have the things that you want, really be able to access what what we call our wealth tools. Um, you know, all of us want to have Nikes, you know, all of us want to have Nikes up to the wall. But if you have a, a, a wall full of Nikes and you can't pay your rent or you can't pay your bills, there's an offset. And we need yeah. to change that mindset in the black community. We absolutely can have stuff. Yep. But there's a way to do it that is that is sensible and gives you more longevity than just being able to wear a Louis Vuitton purse and a and a pair of Nikes for that one day of fashion. Wow. That's awesome, Tamara. That's a good way to close, <laughs> man. You've been amazing. I cannot wait. Perfect. I cannot Thank you. you. You've been amazing. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. We're yes, going to definitely cool. have you back because I want to see what happens in the next phase of your implementation. Right now, you're doing, you know, the educational piece, but I can't wait until you get off of the ground and running and, and you can actually see um, how your program is um, affecting some of the lives of the people there. Um, so I just want to thank you for coming on. So Yes brother yes yes and um yeah and i you know uh, anytime and i will definitely you know keep everyone abreast and there will be new information on the website for people to just kind of see um ultimately we'll be putting the projects up on the website um so that people can uh get a visual of what's happening um but that's all in um in the trajectory that's all what we're what we're planning on um doing in the next couple of months is starting wow. um getting that process off the ground yeah awesome Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. This is The Cure.